Welcome to Training for Manhood, an ongoing exploration and adventure intended to be fast, fun, and formative for guys who desire to be the best men they can. Young or old, there are always areas for improvement, growth, and maturity. We hope you'll pay attention and put into practice the useful advice you hear on this podcast. But remember, the goal isn't just to listen, but to do what you learn. Welcome to Training for Manhood. All right, welcome back to Training for Manhood. I've got Gabe Boyd with me. We're still in the uh, podcast recording studio. That's right, that's right. And um, the next podcast I wanted to um, kind of talk about, the next episode, uh, actually started from a conversation. Um, Trisha and I were watching um, a soccer game the other day, uh, our daughter uh, playing soccer, and it was kind of like a friend of a friend was there. Um, she's 30, and she's single. Okay. Um, she was a beautiful young lady, right? Both personality um, physically, um, character, right? I mean, just kind of the kind of girl you're like, wow, what a, what a great girl. So we just kind of ask, you know, are you dating anyone? She's like, no. And then the friend of her, hers that we both know, said something to her, which I kind of caught and I thought it was interesting. And turn, turn it into an episode. Turn it into an okay. episode. Okay. <laughs> so be careful what you say when you're around <laughs> me because you might be on training for manhood. Um, but she said, um, what about the name of that guy? I gave you his number. Haven't you contacted him? Um, and this girl said, well, if he wants to contact me, he can. Okay. And, and both my wife and I were just like, you know, good job. Way to go. But here's, here's the thing. The reality of her keeping these particular standards that she's not going to pursue a man um, has left her to this point, single and 30. Yes. Um, when she doesn't want to be single and 30, she would love for a young man to call her and to pursue her and uh, to take her out and to realize what a great young person she is, right? And potentially be, you know, married to her, right? So one of the things that I was thinking is, if we're going to talk about training for manhood, one of the things we need to talk about is this idea that men are expected to be the pursuer of a relationship. What does that mean? What does that look like? How do we do that? So even practically speaking, what does that look like? And I thought you would be a fantastic person to have this conversation <laughs> with because you've got four girls. Yeah. So not, not only are you a young man, um, well, younger than me. <laughs> Not only are you a young man and you've lived this out, yeah. but you've got four daughters. And so I'm kind of wondering, is, is that same expectation things that you're going to raise in your girls? Or what I've seen is in this culture today, the whole gender norm thing has begun to go away. Where it's okay for girls to pursue guys, guys to pursue girls. Nobody really cares who makes the first call, the second call, sets up the date, all the right. So yeah. it's kind of like I'm like I'm wondering what what Gabe's gonna. I know I know I'd love to talk about what you did as a man yourself. Yeah. But I'm also kind of wondering Gabe the dad what he's gonna teach as far as those expectations are to his daughter. So where do you want to start with that? <laughs> uh, start with the next question. <laughs> Um, That's the question. <laughs> you got to answer the question uh, before we get on the next one. No, I, I think, man, there's so many things that I'm thinking of right now. I, I think, um, I, I think if I had to start somewhere, I, I would start with just the. I think you mentioned like just the initial, um, the initial pursuing. Sure. Um, and I, I like as you're talking and as as I'm kind of like thinking about this young lady that you're talking about. Um, you know, it, back in the back in the '50s and '60s, like it would have been unheard of mm. for a young lady to contact a young man. Totally. Um, and, and but now we've entered this cultural difference where, like, 
anybody can do anything, right? In fact, like online dating is like how people meet people sure, now. Sure. Um, and so, and so, I think there's certainly been a shift. I, I think for my own kids, um, and as a dad, I, I think that. I'm trying to present to my girls a certain expectation of boys mm-hmm. um, without negating the fact that they're going to develop feelings for people uh, before anything else happens, mm-hmm. right? Before sure. anybody it pursues one way or the other, feelings are already in the mix, okay. which already makes me really, really nervous uh, because when we start dealing with feelings, then, then you know, like... Once emotions get involved, then intellect loses. <laughs> which, which is why you need Typically. to put the intellect first, because we're not right. We're not letting feelings drive the train. That's right. But we're not ignoring right that they are a part of the train. That's right. And they're and once they get moving, it's hard to move them in a different direction. Right. So super important. I, I'll, I'll say this um, since since you kind of threw it out. Um, there is a fantastic book, and I think this is super important, especially for dads who are raising daughters, but I think it's also important for young men to know as well. Uh, and that is um, that women, so there's a book called Hooked or Girls Uncovered, it depends on which version you get, but it's a, a guy named Dr. Joe McElhaney, fantastic guy, I knew him down in Austin, he runs a, a program called the Medical Institute of Sexual Health, deals a lot with um, healthy sexuality and deals with it from a biblical perspective, even though most of what you'll read in Hooked, you'll never, you'll never read biblical verses attached to it. Mm-hmm. His is all just research and science. But one of the things that he really, really wanted young girls to know, which he didn't think that they were being taught, was about the power of the emotions and the chemicals in their body. And one of those chemicals is called oxytocin. Mm-hmm. And he says, here's the thing that, that young girls need to know, is this chemical is released when a boy right, touches a girl in an intimate way for about 20 seconds. Okay. So anytime there's like, you know, um, you know, there's the, the, the warm embrace when you meet somebody, no big deal, right? But if you're in an intimate setting, right, and there's physical contact, that girl's body is going to start releasing this oxytocin. And that chemical helps her to bond with the person who's touching her um, and helps her to trust them. Okay. Now, here's the cool thing. Uh, the book tells you that uh, the awesome thing is when a woman gives birth, her body is flooded with it. So when she gives birth and goes through this incredible, <laughs> right, yeah. arduous, right, ordeal and brings life into the world, um, her body, right, is like, oh, um, as soon as they place that baby, right, you know, right next to her, she's immediately bonded to it because she has this chemical in her body. Now, the cool thing is, from a guy's perspective, I, I kind of look back at this because I was at each of the births of my four kids, and I'm going to tell you, didn't have oxytocin going through my body, <laughs> um, wasn't immediately bonded to my kids, right? Kind of looked at them like they were little aliens, like, what? No, man, they look crazy, right? Trisha thought they were the most beautiful things in the world, and I was like, okay. So I can see <laughs> the power of oxytocin from that perspective, but think about it from a girl's perspective who's connected to a young man that she's allowed to touch her, that now she's bonded to, and now she has this connection to, and what we see is we see a lot of I guess the example would be we see a lot of these great young girls who are dating a lot of these loser guys. Let's okay. just put them in that category. Okay. Right? And people are kind of going, how in the world does this work? And what you realize is because she hasn't had her guard up and put those boundaries there, she's not seeing the red flags that everybody else is seeing. And Dr. Joe McElhaney, in his book Hooked, that's what the whole book is about. Interesting. He's just saying, girls, <laughs> yeah. before you allow a boy to intimately touch you, Right? You need to make sure that this is the kind of guy that you want to be connected with. Okay, So what I tell boys is, knowing this, is um, you've got to learn to establish a connection with a girl without touching her. 
Yeah. So you got to talk to her. Yeah. Got to have a conversation, right? Face well, face to face time. Yeah. This is, uh, as you're talking, I'm thinking like one of the things that I'm always trying to train my girls in, but mm-hmm. also train other young men in, uh, is is like the power of developing friendships. Yes. And I think that's where you're going with yeah, this. This is an idea of like. When it comes to who pursues who, mm-hmm. the idea would be like we've already established some sort of relationship um, based on our friendship. And, and like this is genuinely just somebody I like to be around. Right. Uh, it's somebody that may, I may or may not have certain shared um, likes or dislikes of uh, it, we may we may share certain things, but like more than anything, like we've learned how to just be really great friends. Right. Uh, and so then uh, the the pursuit aspect um, is man, I'm going to continue to pursue to get to know you more, and, and maybe at a deeper level in terms of like um, this is where for as the youth pastor side of me would say like this is where I want you to start asking like really specific like spiritual questions. Amen. Like let's let's get to know their hearts and not just. Um, the things that everybody knows about them, but let's get to know who they really are yeah, at that point. Absolutely. So another another part of this, right, and it takes it even to the next step, uh, is I've heard several people talk, and uh, Dr. Joe McElhaney might have been one of them, they talk about the whole idea um, that as soon as you introduce sex into a relationship, the emotional depth of the relationship, in a sense, sort of stops there. So now sex becomes kind of the tool that we use to resolve conflict if we don't already have those tools in. So one of the things we talk about, you know, from a Christian standpoint, obviously, is, um, you know, why does the Bible talk about, you know, saving sex until marriage? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think the, the reality of that is the science backs up the concept that if you want a deep, meaningful, intimate relationship um, that sex is a part of, but is not the dominant aspect that, that is the only thing that exists, is you have to save that. So the relationship itself develops. Right. So that I have a relationship with a with a young uh, with a young lady, and that relationship itself develops. And then once that relationship gets to a point where there's commitment, where there's um, you know an intimacy that's based not on sexuality, and you know, or just the physical aspect of sex, but that intimacy is, is based on right our shared interest, our common bond, all those different things. Then once you make that commitment, you get married. You add sex to that now. Right, sex is a part of the relationship, but it's not the driving force of it. Yeah, and that emotional depth is there, so that when, you know, push comes to shove, and you know, year one is tough and difficult, and you add kids, and there's financial right. Now, sex isn't the only tool I have to resolve the conflicts that we have. Right, right? we've been able to talk, we've been able to work through things, we've done all these different things, and establish that pattern through our relationship. Um, and I think that's a, a very important thing for just a man. Now, here's here's where it comes in for training for manhood. Okay, And that is, as a man, I think it's your responsibility not to put a girl in a situation where she has to say no. Mm-hmm. Okay? So we, we can talk about that. Yes. Um, but even if she said yes, I think it's still the man's responsibility to say no. So even if a girl wanted to have sex with a man or wanted to be kind of an intimate, close relationship, I think it's the man's responsibility to set up those boundaries and just say, hey, no. So one of the things, when Trish and I moved up uh, to Dallas, I had an apartment, she had an apartment, right? We were you know, about to get engaged and about to get married, um, but her apartment had two roommates, my apartment had none. So we didn't spend any time in my apartment. That's good, <laughs> that's right? wise. Like just, you know, boundaries wise is like, you know, you go to a place where there's nobody else there um, and it's dark and it's lonely and you're watching a movie and right? And so the thing is, from a man's perspective, um, I want to protect her, and I want to protect us. 
And so I'm going to make decisions to put us in the best environment possible to achieve what we want to achieve, to get the relationship that we want to get. And so I'm just saying, right, what is, what is the role of a man in this? And that is, um, one, you never put a girl in an uncomfortable situation where she has to say no. So you're never pushing her sexually for boundaries, saying, hey, let's do this, hey, let's do this, hey, and then she has to say no. But even if she did say yes, I, th I still think it's a man's responsibility to say, hey, I'm watching out for what's best for us. Mm -hmm. So I'm putting us in, in situations where right, you don't have to say yes to something that you don't want to do. But even if you did want to do it in a moment of weakness, I'm not even going to allow us to do that. Yeah. I'm thinking of the long-term effects of what we want to establish. And so I'm saying, I'm saying no. Yeah, it, it, yeah, that that's all so true. And I was just I was looking at some of my notes here, and I'm just thinking like, um, I, I I tend to view the world um, it, culturally. I try to look uh -huh. at like what are the things that our kids, uh, specifically young boys, are like facing. Um, and, and just some of the notes that I'd wrote was like this idea, and this goes backtracks a little bit of like the friend zone, mm -hmm. uh, the dreaded friend zone, right? That, that every boy who might ask a girl out on a date is going to get shot down because they just want to be friends, right? Like this is actually an okay place to be. This is actually a great place to start, right? right. So like as we're looking at this pursue, like who pursues who? Well, it doesn't matter. Let's just establish some sort of relationship right. first. Right. Uh, let's start with being friends. Right. So friend zone, a-okay. Uh, the second part was um, this idea, and I think a lot of this is due to our culture. I think it's normalized on TV and on Netflix and pretty much anywhere else in mass media. Uh, this idea that um, we have to gain some sort of experience, and I'm speaking mainly sexually okay. or physically, right. uh, that we gain experience for our future partners by experimenting now. Right. And, and like... It, like it even just gives me the chills just to even think about that notion that uh, our kids are trying to experiment sexually um, and physically with one another um, so that they can prepare themselves somehow to be better for the person that they will be uh, together with forever. Okay, so I've, 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 been, I've been in lots of conversations with young guys. Okay. And one of the ways that, that the conversation goes is they'll tell me, right, would you ever buy a car? without driving it first, without trying it out first. <laughs> right. right. So here and here and here's what I always answer. Right? My answer is always depends on the car. Yeah. Right? Like I would buy a Rolls Royce with without test driving a Rolls Royce. I I don't need to test drive that. Right. Right. Now, if it's a clunker and I don't know if it's going to run, yeah. And before I put money into it, now it makes sense to test drive that. Right. But if you told me, hey that's a Rolls Royce I don't need to test drive that thing. I, I know that thing's going to run. I know that thing's worth it. So my concept for this is from a man's perspective, if the girl you're dating, yeah. you view her as a clunker, right, then sure. Of course, a test drive makes sense. Yeah. But if you view her as a Rolls Royce and you want to save the Rolls Royce until marriage and then you have the sexual relationship, you get into the driver's seat for the first time and get behind the wheel and then you take that out on the road, Wow, that's that's totally different. Yeah. So it, it's it's your perception of what the relationship is about. Yeah. If we're just trying this thing out and it's going to be for a little while, and then hey, I'm going to upgrade to another one. Well, sure, of course you got to try it out. Right. That, that totally makes sense. But if this relationship is forever, <laughs> and that thing is worthy of waiting for forever, then the whole idea of taking it out on the road and running it around as a you know as a knucklehead, like, we're not driving the Rolls Royce off road. <laughs> that, that thing, right, is pristine and perfect. And I think that's the concept that so many of us miss in how we deal with these things. Like your, your concept of, 
you know, well, you know, we got to have sex before we get married because I got to try it out. It's like, no, you don't. Yeah. Right. It's going to be part of an incredible relationship, and if the relationship is good in and of itself, that's right. The sexual aspect of it will be good as well. That's right. Yeah, it, yeah. It, so I, I think that everything you said is right. Everything you said is right. That this, this, it's a lie. To that, yeah. that experience it comes from experimenting. Like right. you don't need experience. Yeah. Um, it, the the other side of this that, that like I just want to challenge like all the young guys that are listening is that I think you're right in saying that it is the guy's responsibility to set boundaries. Uh, that like this would be one of those areas in terms of leadership uh, and showcasing that leadership as a man uh, and even advertising to the person that you're dating, uh, the kind of leader that you are right. now and will be in the future. Uh, the best way to make a stand for who you are going to be and who you are uh, is by setting these these boundaries. And that the lie would be that boundaries kill joy, but boundaries don't kill joy. What mm-hmm. boundaries do is they protect everybody that's in the game. Yeah. Uh, they help everyone that's in the game actually experience more joy. Yep. Um, and so that so that you find different ways to relate and connect outside of things being physical. Yeah, totally. Uh, and so I, well, you I, know, I, think I mean, the, the baseball field at the school I'm at, yeah. right? Just the, we had the big freeze. And the baseball, the net actually, you know, fell down. Okay. So if you sat behind home base, you know, home plate right now, and you watched a baseball game, and somebody had a foul tip, you're you're catching it in the in the jaw now. Yeah. <laughs> so so the thing is, is the net protects you from the players on the field, so that they can do what they need to do, and you can do what you need to do. And so boundaries aren't always bad, right? If they're proper boundaries and they're placed there for the protection of what you want to accomplish. Yeah. And if I want to accomplish a deep, meaningful, intimate profound lifetime relationship, if that's what I want, then I have to look in terms of how I develop the connection with another person and the tools that go into that and the factors, including sexuality, of what that looks like. Yeah. So, so that, that's where you place those boundaries because this is what I want to accomplish. If I just want a relationship that isn't going to last, that isn't going to be meaningful, that isn't going to be intimate, that isn't going to be deep, that's just based on sexual pleasure, then, then have at it, knock yourself out, and then you will right, um, get to a point where you're sick and tired of that, and then you'll break up, and you know, if you're married, you'll have the divorce, and it'll be a mess, and if there's kids involved, it'll be awful. Right? Is that what you want? Yeah. And, and I think if most it is, people, please don't call yourself yeah, a man. Exactly. Don't call yourself a That's man. That's all I'm asking. And, and, don't, and then don't come to me after, in the middle of the, you know, the turmoil, and say, hey, now what do I do? Because that's the, the thing you should have thought of beforehand. So I think, you know, one of the other things that comes to mind is I had a um, conversation with a young lady just about communication, boys and girls communicating. Like, how do you do that? So we were just talking about, you know, who's the first one to make the call and how does a boy pursue and all the different things. And I think it's important even to look at how you communicate with girls. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll throw this out because this is one of the things that just bothers me. Um, Snapchat. Yeah. Okay, so Snapchat is a um, uh, technology um, that sends right, like a, a you know an image a video type thing it sends it to the person after they watch it it deletes and I thought about just kind of the whole concept of the medium is the message the medium of snapchat is basically saying this is so worthless this isn't even worth your time as soon as you're done watching it it's going to be gone yeah and I'm like okay to establish a real relationship and communicate with somebody um, I want to send you information. I want to talk to you in a meaningful way that you can think about what I'm saying. I want to text you or call you. And the information that you get, I want you to be able to read and see and think about and ponder and go back a day later and still see, right? But if it's so meaningless that it just disappears after you watch it, I think that speaks to the quality of what I would think is what I think of the relationship itself. 
yeah. is what I think of the communication. So girls, if you're in a relationship with a guy and you're just sending back and forth a bunch of Snapchats and that's the quality of the relationship, I think you have to look at the quality of the communication and say that's not a good place to base our relationship on. Our relationship's probably going to be as quickly gone as a lot of these Snapchats are as well. So you might have to use a different medium to communicate or at least say to guys, listen, you know, if you want to talk to me, don't send me 50 Snapchats a day. There's a girl who's telling me, right, this guy sends her 50 Snapchats a day. I'm like, what? Like that's, a, that's a complete waste of time. It's a complete waste of his time. Yeah. What, what are you really communicating? It's a complete waste of her time. I'd rather have some guy give me something meaningful to talk about. Tell me something interesting. Share something with me. Have a real conversation. And guys, we need to step up our game in those things. Young guys, if you're Snapchatting a bunch of people, stop it. Figure out how to really have communication with a person. Yeah, yeah. It, I have I have a lot of thoughts on this, um, and I know that we probably don't have a lot of time to get into it. But but I think I think what you're saying basically is like that there are certain expectations that guys should have for themselves on mm-hmm. how they not only just how they behave around girls, yes. um, but but also like how they communicate and connect with girls as yes. well. Uh, I was just thinking through like some of the things that I that I notice, uh, especially like in working with as many teenage boys as, as I have, mm. like how they tend to relate. And it's so interesting, like once we get into this like 12 to 14 age group of like we start to notice girls right. and, and we kind of start freaking out a little bit. Yeah. And it's just so interesting. And, and so I was teaching on it the other day of like just there's this idea of like uh, I want to get their attention and it doesn't matter what the cost totally. is. I'll do whatever it takes. Yeah. If it means I've got to send 50 Snapchats, I'll send 50 Snapchats because that's more than anybody yeah. else. It's still attention. Otherwise that's right. Like, no, that's not the way to play it. And, and <laughs> so the the whole point of, of, I think what you're saying is that like, yeah, I, I think that a girl would appreciate more a five minute phone call mm-hmm. um, than 50 Snapchats. Yep. Um, maybe that's, maybe you can call me old school for that, but I, I think I think it translates really well for anybody and really so for me as a dad like I'm looking at my girls and I'm saying like please don't have anything to do with this guy like if he doesn't have um, the respect for you to to like give you a call or I I mean look I'm not opposed to text messages because at least they stick right (laughs) Uh, but where snapchats like if you're just going to take a picture of the ceiling and then send it to me like I don't really care that needs to be deleted Um, but at the same time um, like I want my girls to understand that like this guy, in an effort to pursue you, is taking his own time out to have a meaningful conversation with you because he wants to hear your voice. He wants to hear what you think about things. He wants to uh, let you know how he's feeling. Like I think there's so many different things that are said uh, verbally rather than through a picture or through a video uh, that just aren't. It's like trying to watch a movie without reading the book. Right. Right. A- anytime you've done that, it's always if you've read the book first, you know that there's. Five million details that are used by words that are that make the story more robust, that make the relationship in this case uh, so much more intimate. Where if you just watch the movie, like you get the basic premise, but you're not going to get the full effect. Right, it's just a shadow of it. That's right. So I, oh, here's the deal. I know you've got more <laughs> to talk on this because um, you've got right the four girls, and I know it's running through your head. So let's let's do this. Let's let's do a dating two okay. episode. Um, and let's stop here. But uh, takeaway. 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 Uh, here, here's my thought. Um, guys, evaluate your communication with women. Right? So if you're married, evaluate your communication with your wife. If you're not married, evaluate your communication with just any women in your life. And ask yourself, does it convey the quality of what I think of that particular person? 
Mm. So do I, do I think of them as a Rolls Royce? And am I communicating to them in that way? Am I treating them that way? Or do I think of them as right the $500 piece of junker um, that I'm just going to hopefully get a couple years out of right, and then get rid of? Yeah. Uh, and just ask yourself, which one best represents you and have that self-reflection time? Good? Yeah, I think that's good. Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training, the number four, manhood.com. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.